This is KRP, Ken's Random Podcast. Welcome to episode 34, or is it 35? I'm not sure, but let's go with it, 34. My guest today is Brad Stenson. Brad was an employee on a cruise ship, and Brad, I, I bet it was nothing, nothing like the love boat, right? Uh, no, not, not too much anymore. Not too much, but I tell you what, there's a lot of influence from the well, yes. What years were you working for the uh, the cruise ship, and what line were you working for? Well, I worked for a couple of different cruise lines, but I worked um, from 1991 to 2001. So what made you decide to get out? Um, it was a combination of things. Um, I had just graduated from college in or university in 1990, and I was working at a bank and I had gone to college and gotten my degree to become a loan officer. But just as I was trying to transition into that, there was some improprieties that went on at the bank. The FDIC came in and they did a little audit and it wasn't anything illegal. It was just like, hey guys, this is not the best way to run it. And the <laughs> my connection at the bank my my relative one of my distant relatives swept out and so they so when i went and said hey can i have a job they said no no way um you're not ever going to work here uh, as a loan officer so you were not involved in any impropriety oh no i was a teller at the time i was going part-time and um i was i was a teller and a proof operator so i was not involved in any of the loan decisions But I was, you know, a, a relative of one of the founders of the bank. So when when the new regime came in, they they were like, no, no, we're not taking any chances. You're out. And then I was like, oh, what in the heck am I going to do? <laughs> Brad, that's what they call <laughs> collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. And 1991 wasn't a great time. Uh, I don't remember exactly what all was going on, but it was hard to find a job. And I'm like, well, shoot, I'm not going to get old and die in Oklahoma. I'm going to get the heck out of here and see the world. And so started applying to cruise lines and finally got a job. Who did you go to work for? I, I, thought I, I went to work first for Royal Caribbean. And I went to work for Royal Caribbean in uh, June of 91 on the Song of Norway. Ooh, very good. good. So I, I, I know there's something interesting about when you got hired how you got to your job site. Had you ever flown? Yeah, I'd flown in a plane before, not very often, but I had not been out of the country, really. I'd been to the Bahamas, but uh, I'd not really been out of the country. And and a a funny thing that I I tell on on my first podcast about how I started working on ships is um, I got a call from the Royal Caribbean office and they asked me all these questions and stuff and said, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and hire you. Um, can you be in, this was like a Monday, and they're like, can you be in San Juan by Thursday? And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. I'm, I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go for months and everything. And they said, okay, great. Well, do you have any, we'll send you a plane ticket. Do you have any questions? I'm like, just one question. Where is San Juan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. Oh, man. So you quickly found out it was Puerto Rico, which yes. in, in theory is still the United States, or at least, a, is it a protectorate or something? It's a territory. 
Yeah, yeah. So you but but I was so stoked. I was like, oh my God, it does not get more exotic than than San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's this yeah. is this is great. Yeah. So did you did you uh sail out of there the entire time you worked for the Royal Caribbean? Oh no, no, no. I got so lucky. Um we the Song of Norway at that time was doing uh seven day cruises out of San Juan to uh Barbados. St. Martin, Antigua. Uh, oh, I said St. Martin. I meant Martinique. Um, so um, Martinique, Antigua, uh, St. Martin, and St. Thomas. So it was a fantastic Caribbean run. And then we did that for about nine or 10 months. And then uh, the ship repositioned to Europe. Mm. <laughs> and we did the Baltic. And then we did the Med. Really? So it was a it was I was I couldn't have been any more fortunate to be on at just the right time and got to go and do all these forts and and doing that just being just super lucky doing that part of the Caribbean doing the the crossing you know crossing the the Atlantic doing the Baltic and doing the Med it just set me up later on in my career, you know, looking for, looking for a contract. These, these were the days when you did a contract, you went home and you sat around by the phone or you tried and grab a contract somewhere, either with another cruise line or something like that. You just work contract by contract. And so it set me up later on where I would go looking for a contract. They'd say, well, you know, we've got this something in, you know, in the med and I'm like, been there, done it, you know, and and that kind of stuff. So, so I was very fortunate. Been there, done it. You know, like I had enough of that place. I'm not going back. No, I was never really in a place long enough to get sick of it. The only place that I really was not looking forward to going back to was, and people are going to die when they hear this, but Tahiti. (laughs) I was, I was doing French Polynesia. I brought a I brought a ship out of the shipyard to French Polynesia, did did a, a contract there, then went back and did another contract uh, uh, about a year later, and then was scheduled to go back and do one again. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do Tahiti again, you know, or French Polynesia. It wasn't just Tahiti, it was French Polynesia. Yeah. But we, we never left there. It was just the islands of French Polynesia. Yeah. So it was the same thing over and over again. And, and honestly, there is not much there. It's not third world, but it's not overly developed. And um, it's a lot of sea and, and sunshine and beach. And I don't know if you can see me over here, but I am uh, red-haired and nearly albino and so spending six or eight months at just a place where it's only beach is not the greatest thing for me (laughs) and i'm just the opposite man you know kind of uh olive skin dark hair i can stay in the sun forever i'll be back with my guest brad stenson in just a moment and we'll have more adventures from the high seas I'd like to take this time to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, I should tell you, it is free. That's right, just free. There are creation tools there that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, obviously, Apple and Pocket Cast, and many more. 
And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Anchor.fm. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. This is KRP, Ken's Random Podcast. And you mentioned something about you had to take a ship somewhere. What was your position on the ship? I mean, were you the captain or you whatever? No, no, no. My whole, my whole career, I was a purser. And uh, pursers, they don't call them pursers anymore, which really disappoints me. But, um, and they've kind of, the, the, the industry has kind of evolved uh, the pursers department a little bit. But um, we're basically the paperwork people. We're the money people. We're the liaisons between the departments on ships. So mm-hmm. we're the office workers. Yeah. We make sure that the ship balances, that the ship gets in and out of port. We make sure that everyone has the correct visa and, um, and, and immigration paperwork for the ship to get in and out of the ports. Yeah. You know, I, I should have known with the name per sir. Uh, it should have told me something about accounting or something. Um, you know, oh, nobody, nobody knows what a purser is. I've, I've, I've told people my whole life that I was a purser and so far, nobody, nobody's, nobody yeah. knows. So tell me about the Atlantic crossing. Was that one that you did or did you have more than one crossing and how was it? Yeah, I've done it probably. I think I've done it about eight times mm. now. Really? And, um, have never had a problem. <laughs> never. <laughs> the, the, no. the The only time the only time we, we had a problem was actually after we had after we had gotten into the Mediterranean. You know, usually you're having rough, you know high swell and rough seas. You know, in the Atlantic when you're far when you're far from land. But we had just made it into the Med, and we we hit a huge storm on the Song of Norway on my first crossing. And we hit a storm with 40-foot swell. Wow. Uh, we were trying to make it from Gibraltar to Barcelona. And we went through 40-foot swell all day and all night. Uh, it broke a lot of the windows in the forward lounges. Wow. It was We were coming off of the swell so hard and landing so hard. And um, just, it, it, was a, it was a rough day. Uh, I was about the only one that could work. I've, I don't get seasick. I've never been seasick. That's great. I've, I've never had any sympathy for anyone who was. And so, <laughs> but, but there wasn't much to do. You know, I, w- I was pretty much there, man, in the desk by myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw a weird story at you, okay, about, about storms. Yeah. Uh, about 15 miles from here, there's a little fishing community called Delcom. D-E-L-C-A-M-B-R-E. And that's where the shrimpers take off for the Gulf of Mexico. We went there one day to buy some shrimp. And we were getting shrimp off the boat. And the ship's captain, you know, it's a small shrimp boat, uh, said something about the weather being bad. I said, yeah, what what did you guys do last night? I understand the weather was real bad. She says, I dropped the anchor and I went to sleep. And I'm like, whoa, man. Uh, but you know, I don't think it got to be forty foot. But still, man, that just freaked me out right there. But the shrimp were good. So, 
Tell me about the Baltic. Did you like that? I love the Baltic. Really? Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite favorite places. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I loved it. Mm. It's perfect for me. I uh, I never wanted to do a cruise. Kathy always wanted to do a cruise because everybody we knew was doing cruises. But I was like, I don't want to be on a boat with a thousand people and. Uh, people had told me stories about, you know, uh, dressing up some night to go eat at the captain's table and buffets. And it's like, first off, I don't like buffets. I don't like crowds that much. And I didn't want to dress up. So we didn't go on one until we discovered Viking cruises. And there I'm like, ah, yes, this is great. Uh, we took cruises in France with only 130 people on board and it was awesome. Uh, Song of Norway and any other ships. How many people were on board, passengers? Well, those ships were much smaller. Those were ships that were, or the Song of Norway itself was was built in in the the sixties or, or early or the late sixties, early seventies. I can't remember exactly. Nineteen may have been nineteen seventy actually. Mm, wow. Um, but uh, so it was smaller. I think it was about a thousand passengers. Yeah. Which. At those time, at that time, of course, you know, I'm I'm older, but uh, <laughs> those were really great size ships. Yeah. They um, they could get into to pretty much any port. Um, there wasn't too many passengers on board, and um, it was a, it was a nice size crew. So it was just it was a really good good thing. And in the Baltic that you, you mentioned that, and you mentioned um, you really not wanting to take a cruise, um, it's, it, it's all about finding which cruise line is really suits you the best. Right. Because they're not all the same. They're all geared with a little different market. But one of the fantastic things, the fantastic things, and I always try and stress this to people is, hey, if you want to go and see Europe or if you want to go see the Baltic and you've never been there before, take a cruise because all, all, a lot of the hard work is done for you. You don't have to get from Amsterdam to Copenhagen, from Copenhagen to Stockholm, from Stockholm to Oslo, from Oslo to St. Petersburg. You don't have to do all that yourself if you just had your suitcases and were trekking around. But on a ship, it's super easy. You yeah. just get on board. You wake up the next morning. All your immigration is done for you. You just walk off the ship. Enjoy the port. Just make sure you're back on time. Yes. And and you come on. You have a you you know where you're going to eat. You have a good meal. And you wake up the next morning, and you're in a new place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then once once you've been there. Go back. You can go back later oh, yeah, and tool yeah. around yourself. But yeah. the first time there, cruising is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, Kathy and I enjoyed the heck out of the cruise for a couple of things. You mentioned suitcases. That was awesome. They went on the ship. We never touched them. We had to have them packed for five in the morning when we left. Everybody picked it up, put it on a, on a truck, and took it to our next port. It was like, this is great. We only had to unpack one time and then another time it was i know some people that go you know from small town to small town it's like gotta unpack every time and uh i'd prefer not to do that that worked out fine for us um and you mentioned food was it as fattening as most people say it is 
yeah, back then the food was really good. It was really good. And of course they were not cooking for, you know, the ships like the ships these days for five or 6,000 people, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a manageable amount and the food was, was really, really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give up another plug to Viking. Let me tell you what, that was awesome. And it was, um, an interesting thing. We went to a travel agent and she tried to put us on whatever we wanted and she found that there was one cabin available on the trip from Paris to Normandy. And she said, if you want to do the Southern one, you can do uh, Lyon to Avion, but there's only one cab- cabin available. And we're supposed to know by noon whether these people want it. Well, when you write them a check, it's like they'll put you on. So those people lost out because they were, you know, hemming and hawing about it. And uh, so we got on. And it was perfect. It was perfect. We were in the uh, what's called the aquarium suite at water level. <laughs> we could see the water right there going down the sand. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. I okay, mean, so you were doing the sand, and you were you did what? From, well, from where to where? Well, we did Paris to Normandy, and Normandy back to Paris. Oh. Then we took the high speed train from Paris to Lyon, which I loved. Man, that was that was an awesome experience. <laughs> And from uh, there, Lyon, we cruised down to Avion, places like that, again on Viking. And it, w- it was awesome. It was incredible. And uh, we mentioned something at the beginning of this. I have to know, is it like the love boat? <laughs> is it, did, you, did you see or hear of any mm, hanky-panky going on with the staff or the crew, uh, not the crew, but the passengers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he took forever to answer that. <laughs> well, there was just so much stuff going on all the time. And, um, and, and, and just, just that's what a lot of our podcast is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is talking about these kind of, these kind of things where situations, now, not all of it, but, you know, yeah. we always try and touch on that a little bit because, you know, you're out there for a long time. And so there's, there's passengers hooking up with crew and crew hooking up with passengers and passengers with other passengers and, yeah. you know, crew with other crew and that, you know, it's just, it's, it, it's, it, it's like a frat house. <laughs> wow. Wow. Frat house. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and there was a time just before I started working where it was encouraged that, the staff would, you know, uh, fraternize with the passengers. They, the, the cruise lines encouraged that until, until it got a couple of things of, you know, was it, was it consensual or not? Yeah. I can imagine that. And then they kind of, they kind of shut that down, but, uh, Yeah. yeah. And did we talk about why you left cruising? Was it just, you had enough? 9-11. Really? Yeah, let me tell you this. Okay. Um, I was I was on a ship in now that I was working for a different cruise line by this time I was working for um Renaissance Cruises on on the the new R ships. And I was a chief purser by this time. And um I was uh, I was supposed to go on vacation in August and of course this is how the cruise lines do. 
Um, they give you a contract, but they can extend it or cut it short. And of course, you start getting to where your contract ends, and then they call you up and they're like, "Oh, hey, Brad, you know, we need you to stay on for another, you know, thirty days." I'm like, "Okay, all right, well, I can do it." So I ended up with a sign-off date, and they couldn't extend me any longer. They had already extended me as much as they legally could. Now I could agree to go ahead and stay on, but I was. I was tired Uh, and um, I was set to sign off September 12th, 2001 in Livorno, Italy. Italy is about what, seven or eight hours ahead. And so all this was, you know, we were ahead of what was happening in the United States, but um, I decided I would, I was going, I was going ahead, go ahead and go. So I went ahead and, and left the ship and I was supposed to meet a girl <laughs> that I had met online who is now my wife, but we, we had never actually met. We met online and she was supposed to meet me in Milan on the 13th or the 12th. She was supposed to meet me in, in Milan on the 12th. Well, I, I made it off on the 12th, but she was not able to fly on the 12th, but she was able to get out on the 13th. So we, we met up in Milan. We spent three weeks tooling around Italy, having no idea what was going on. But, I mean, it's, it was it's a terrible time, but it's been, what, 20 years now? It was great because there was no tourist. We went to the Vatican, and the first two times I'd been to the Vatican, I'd had to wait. Like, you had to queue up, like, all the way around the block. And this time we went to the Vatican, we walked straight in the door, we walked straight up to the ticket thing, not behind one other soul, paid for our tickets and wandered around all day in the Vatican, went down to the Sistine Chapel. The first time I'd been in Sistine Chapel, it was just just shoulder to shoulder with everybody, you know, looking up. And we went in there, there was probably 20 people in there. On 9-11, my first day back from the hospital from heart surgery. So oh. I remember it very well. And oh. so that was in September. So yeah. early in the years when we decided to go to France, not a cruise, but just fly to Paris. And it was it was in March, I think. Oh my God. It was great. Fares were cheap, but there was still a ton of tourists. When I went to Versailles the first time I was we had to look for somebody to take our picture. There was nobody there. We found a janitor, I think. Going to the Eiffel Tower, no problem. Here's my money, and I went up. This time we waited, I'd say, almost three hours. I've been there once. I'm scared of heights. So Kathy's like, get near the railing. I'll take a picture. I think you're out of your mind, lady. I'm not going there. But it it was a a major change. And everywhere we went uh, this last time, my God, the Orsay, the Louvre, everything was just, get rid of these tourists, man. (laughs) They're ruining the place. So yeah. you met your wife online, huh? Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is Russian. She grew up in Lithuania. She's ethnically Russian, but she grew up in Lithuania and then was in went to university in St. Petersburg and was living in St. Petersburg when we met online. And of course, we tooled, we talked, we t- chatted online for months while I was working. And then, at the end of my contract, we decided to meet in Italy. Um, 
we had a good time. And, um, and then of course, when I went to, when I went to go home from Italy, uh, she flew out and then I was going to go fly out and I was in the airport in Rome. My ticket didn't work. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, this, this is not a valid ticket. So I went and I called my parent and they're like, and I hadn't talked to them this whole time. Of course, I, I mean, I was, I was, I'm super bad. Of course, I'd been working on ships for 10 years. So I didn't, I didn't check yeah, in, yeah. you know, all the time, once or twice a contract. But I went and called my parents and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm stuck in Rome. I'm not sure when I'm going to get home. And they're like, oh my gosh, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Uh, the cruise line that you've been working for went bankrupt. <gasps> and I'm like, what? Three weeks and they're already bankrupt? Oh, man. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah. So I had to buy my own ticket home right at the airport. I'd never done that before. Gone to the airport and bought a ticket at the airport. And yeah. believe me, I, I'm so glad that the rates were, <laughs> you know, it was easy to get a ticket and it was, yeah. wasn't very expensive. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's usually not the best way to do things. It was not so bad. I, I wasn't like, holy moly. You know, it was like, oh. I've got a, a friend from Russia. I cannot pronounce the town she's from, but it's pretty far up north. And she's living in North Dakota now. I said, so you married a guy to go someplace warm? She said, yes. <laughs> you mentioned St. Petersburg. I want to go so bad. And Kathy wants no part of going to Russia, even before this thing with Putin. She didn't, never wants to go. Maybe I'll go by myself. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, St. Petersburg is fantastic. I mean, just one thing after another there, the Hermitage, the Cathedral, St. Basil's, the yeah. Peter and Paul, the or Catherine's Palace out in Pushkin, just all, all kinds of stuff to see. The Winter Palace, oh, yeah. just absolutely just St. Petersburg, just chuck full of stuff to see and just a beautiful city. My guest today was Brad Stenson, a former cruise ship employee. To get more cruise ship stories, go to his podcast, My Ship Story. That's it, My Ship Story. No .com, none of that stuff, just My Ship Story. And you'll get more ship stories from Brad Stenson. Try saying that fast three times. Anyway, thank you for joining me today. And if you found us through Facebook, please hit the share button and share it with your friends. Hope to see you next time on KRP, Ken's Random Podcast. This is KRP, Ken's Random Podcast.